Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people or organizations having a big impact here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan, and joining us today is a barbecue pit master from North Texas, who's killing the game, not only in California, but you actually just won the James Beard Award for compliment, I mean, for chefs, being a chef. You're on Netflix uh, as a part of the, the judges on the American Barbecue Showdown. Kevin Bloodso, how you doing, man? I'm good, Chris. How you doing, sir? Glad to be here, man. So glad for you to join us again. Your story is an amazing one. Your father was a police officer. You were a mm-hmm. corrections officer. And then you knew Correct. how to barbecue. I mean, this is, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people kind of say, you know what? I, I know I know, I'm a, I know, I can barbecue. I know I'm a pit master. I can do this thing. They make a little money on the side or they actually open up a little, pl- a little, little spot. And, you know, barbecue is a sport. But what you have yeah, done yeah. is quite the story. We've got to go into this. And, again, congratulations on the James Beard Award. Explain the significance of the James Beard Award because culinary chefs know all about it. Yeah, so the James Beard Award is like the, uh, I guess you would say the Academy Award or the Grammy Award for your field. So I actually won for the uh, cookbook, which is the cookbook of the uh, year. I think I didn't get a copy to you if I don't. Yes, you did. uh, Yes, you did. I was pleased to get it. Yeah, it was actually. So that's the highest. Any James Beard you get as far as a chef or anything in the culinary field. Mine was actually came through the James Beard uh, Media Award for the uh, cookbook. And uh, just the highest honor, man, and just blessed that they loved it and seen exactly where I was going with that book because it's it's not just a, a cookbook, it's a story, yeah. you know, and uh, every recipe has a story and all that, and we was able to put that in, in that book, and, uh, you know, almost two years later, we won the James Beard, never even dreamed about even being nominated, then we got nominated, Chris, I was just happy to be nominated, then to win it in Chicago was just incredible, man, but, uh, just, you know, thankful everybody loved the book, man. You know, so just grateful for that. Man, your story is just incredible as it is. And, again, I appreciate you. You're in, you're in Corsicana right now as we speak, right? Yeah, Corsicana right now. I'll be flying out Sunday to uh, go feed the boys on Wednesday in Oxnard. Look out, taking care of the Dallas Cowboys. You've been doing that a couple of years. We're going to get into all of this because, again, I think it's an absolutely amazing story. Let's catch everybody up right now with what's going on with you right now. Again, you were born in Compton, okay. but you were raised in Corsicana. You took the Texas barbecue back to Southern California, and now you've yeah. got 
restaurants everywhere, including one in Australia. Let's talk about the one you just opened up in Santa Monica, because that's what everybody in, in Southern California is going crazy over. Yeah, so we, we had one in on La Brea for years. We, we started off in, I'm actually born and raised in Compton, but I've spent all my summers in, in, in Corsicana, oh, Texas, okay. and with my friends. So that's how I went down. So my mom would send me out here so I wouldn't get in no trouble in mm-hmm. L.A. and Compton. So I would spend all my summers out here. So that's where I fell in love with, you know, living in the country and all that from being with my granny every every summer. And we, yeah, we just had to open up the new location on Santa Monica Boulevard, uh, Bledsoe's, uh, right on the corner of Santa Monica and 14th a mile down for the beach. And it's yep. doing incredible numbers right now. Uh, yeah, man, just blessed, man. Learned from her. Like I say, came down here every summer, worked for free and, and, you know, a couple of fried chicken dinners and all that. And the woman was teaching me something uh, that I never knew I was going to do for a living. I never thought I was going to go into food service, you know, like everybody else. I thought I was going to be a football player and make the pros and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But years later, came around full circle. Man, my granny knew. She knew exactly what it was. She'd say, when I was little, you took an interest in this. And and here I am, you know, years later, she was right, you know, and, and just still trying to grow and grow the business, man, you know. So let, let's talk about your, your summers in, in Corsicana. So you're out there in the country, Granny, and she's showing you how to cook. Uh-huh. When did you say, okay, I know I, can, I, I this barbecue I'm making, it, it, I'm smoking this barbecue and it's really, really good. When did you realize, okay, yeah. that's a skill set that, I mean, I'm not saying that that's what you want to go into business with, but you knew you were good yeah. at it. How old were you? When, uh, just when I would come back, like, and you know, I would come back in the family barbecues, in LA, I would do it like 10 years old. They was like, Kevin, you do the ribs, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I, I would come back and, you know, my, my family knew because they're from Texas. Both my, my mother is from New Boston, Texas. My dad is from Corsicana, Texas. So they still knew good Texas barbecue. So when I came back and knew how to do it, you know, they were impressed with it. So, and then later on, you know, just like I said, I ended up getting terminated from the state, you know, and I had to follow my granny's always said, you got to get your legal hustle. You know, when I was right. kid, she raised me. Legal hustles, legal hustles, meaning have something that you can fall back on, you know. Right. So I fell back on what I knew how to do while I was going through, you know, trying to fight the wrong for termination. I knew how to cook and I knew how to DJ. And that's what I did for almost nine years was a uh, catering DJ. And the, during the time when I was catering, that was the time when West Coast rap was running it. You know, I was raised. Dr. Dre, Dre Snoop yeah, Dogg. Snoop Easy. I was doing a lot of picnics with for them. And cooking for them, so the name was already out there on, on barbecue. And then years later, when I finally opened up Blood Souls in Compton, it was just the right time, man. You know, food, TV, foodies, yelp, yeah. and all that. We just opened up the right time, man. You know, and uh, uh, just like I said, just at the right place at the right time, all the way through, man. You know, and just glad to be here. Okay, so when you first started, like I said, you're working for uh, as a corrections officer. Is that because your dad was a police officer and that was an end right there? You said, okay, I can do this at least. You know, because you graduated from high school, you had to do something. Well, yeah. Well, I actually graduated from Bishop College in Dallas, too. Look and, out. Uh, I wanted to be a— Now uh, known as Paul uh, Quinn. Yes, now known as Paul Quinn, last last graduate, the last legitimate graduating class, 1987. And I, I actually was going for secondary education, and uh, I had to do my student teaching. I ain't going to say the high school in Dallas. And I got into—you I, know, I wasn't about 20 years old then. Sure. And I got into a couple of fights with the kids. At the, at the little student teaching thing. And then I realized I hate kids, you know, and I was so late in the game. I was like, teach. And you know what, Chris, the only reason I wanted to be a teacher, it wasn't for no, I had all these aspirations of helping. I just, I my mindset at that time was just the weekends and summer and the holidays off. Oh, that was it. Cause I still couldn't imagine working yeah. 
and not having summers off. You know what I mean? Right. And then I realized, so I'm about to graduate and I had to like change up. And I got to, so I, I, I put in for Dallas PD. I went to LA, put in for LAPD correction shifts. And I said, whichever one comes first, that's the one I, I'm going to do. So I graduated like May 16th of 87. And I was in the academy in Sacramento, California, like on May 20th. Wow. You know, and, and so I did that. And, uh, but like I say, my granny sorry to say you're too much of a jerk to work for anybody. You need your own job. And, mm-hmm. and that's what eventually happened. So I did that and, and, and fell back, but I never really wanted to go in law enforcement. I, I, uh, always respected it, but never wanted to go that way. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was liking the job. If I went from correction to parole agent real young and, uh, all that, but I just knew it, it was something else. So almost sound like the Rick Ross people. story. Man, yeah, well, you know, I, yeah, almost. You know what, because he owns a bunch of Wingstop franchises, so that's why I throw that in as well. I mean, you, you talk about the, the entertainment industry. He's a rapper, but he's also a businessman with all these different Wingstop locations, and Wingstop is actually born in Dallas, Texas. I don't know if you knew that part. I, I didn't know that. That's yes, it was me. created in Dallas. Yeah. Wow, wow. So it's All almost right. like it's almost like you got a barbecue thing going out there in Southern California. Yeah. And and again, yeah. you, you started you already knew you could do that, what do you call it? A, the legal hustle. Because you were hustling. The legal hustle. Got to teach these youngsters. Legal hustle. That's right. Crime crime can never be an option. Nope. Nope. You know, that's why, that's why I try to tell these youngsters. And especially like I would tell people, man, you man, you know, in Compton. I said, Man, Compton ain't we ain't got no projects or nothing in Compton. Get out of there with that. I right. always remember I brought my butt from Chicago came and he says this to this day. And he said, I remember I came to Kev's house for Thanksgiving. And, uh, and he said, man, I don't never want to hear Compton being called a, uh, uh, a ghetto. You know, he said, they got sprawl in front and backyard. Yeah. They you know got houses. I mean? he, got yeah. Kev mama got a swimming pool, you know? So, uh, I never let that be a, a, a roadblock for me. And I tell anybody, man, crime can never be an option, you know, never. And I, and, People would tell you, I come from one of the, on my mother's side of the family, probably one of the biggest gang-banging families in L.A. But I was all, they, you know, if it's any such thing as a real OG, they're going to keep you away from that crap. And that's, that's what right. they did. That's you know? right. So. And see, that's why we got you on the show. Because, again, we're trying to show people how you can be successful and you can do it legitimately. And, again, yeah. your success is absolutely unparalleled because – you're basically living the dream. And when I say living the dream, you're doing what you love to do. That's the difference between yeah. a job and a career. You're not just getting paid. You really love what you do. So it's not even work. It's, it's like you're creating your dreams. It's not. It, and, but it's hard work. At, I tell them all the time. It's hard. You got to be willing to put the hard work in at the beginning. My whole goal Facts. is I'm 50. Now. I said, man, when I'm, when I'm 50, I want to slow down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I'm telling you, my mother used to always say, you've wasted it on the young. Why you say that? Why you? She said, because if you just listen to half of what I'm saying right now, then your life would be so much easier. So I wanted to know what I what I need to do, what I need to do, because I I, I knew when my mother and them hit 50 that, it, damn, they not even old. You know, back mm-hmm. when I was a kid, you know, good times, James and them, I thought 50 was old, but mm-hmm. it's not. And when people living to be 90 and you saying like, man, I'm a, at 50, I'm going to be cool, I'm going to be settled. And you still got 40 more years solid of chilling, you know, but you got to put, it's no recipe. If you put in the work, like, like people always say, you know, I want to get to your level. Okay. Well, can you go eight years without off day? Right. You know, yeah, you can, if you, if you, if you, when you're younger and you hungry and you're, and, and, and you, you understand that's going to happen. You know, are you stronger when you down? 
Mm-hmm. Can you be knocked down? You know, a lot of kids these days can't even be, get knocked down, Chris. You know, mm-hmm. we can get knocked down and get up and brush ourselves off and laugh at it. Now these kids damn they want to uh go crazy if they fall off or somebody laugh at them. Right. You know, no, you don't fail. You gonna fail, but you don't fail if you learn from it. Exactly. You, you know? don't quit so, and you don't and you don't you you learn from it. That's how you deal with 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 the adversity. You deal with it. You can never take an L if you learn from that L. Now you exactly. can take an L if you take the same L again. My uh, granny used to always say, I saw for Al Green song. And we was kids. She would always hit us with, how can a loser ever win? Mm-hmm. And I always, till I got what she was saying, well, I said, if he win. And then she said, well, he wouldn't be a loser. She said, I asked you, how can a loser ever win? And what she was saying is, a loser mentality will never win. That's right. That's you know exactly what I mean? right. That's I've, lived, I've lived by that, that question my whole life. How can a loser ever win? Even if they win, they, if they got the losing mentality, they, they never win. So exactly. you never can have that losing mentality and you flip it. So even when you lose, you win. Oh, I'm going to learn from that loss. I'm going to learn, you know? And that's how, that's how you do this. Cause because, because again, the road to success is full of twists and turns and success yeah. is, yeah. is not a destination. It's the journey. And there's always the more that's coming. Just like, like, like where you yeah. are right now, this James Beard yeah. award that came out of nowhere. Again, we're talking with Kevin Blesso, a Blesso's barbecue. Who's got this, I mean, he's a pit master. He's got the North Texas roots. He's, of course, the counter right now. That's where Granny's from. You got some wisdom, and you're sharing it, and that's what we really appreciate on this show is sharing knowledge and, and letting people know that you can be successful and you can get things done, and people will want to partner with you and work with yeah. you, and maybe even yeah. there's opportunities where everybody wins because you can give back as well because you, you learn a trade, yeah. right? Yeah, another thing I always say, I don't give to be blessed. I'm blessed so I give. You know, you got to have that. You got to always give back. You got to do all that. But you but you can't be feel like you obligated. Right. It comes from the heart. See, a lot of people and in, in want to make like rap police. They, you can't make nobody do anything. You know, they're mm-hmm. not obligated to go back and do for the community. And they're not. And they shouldn't be fit, felt that they have to. But from your heart, you should want to go do that. Mm-hmm. But nobody should ever make you feel obligated to do like I tell. Like some dude hit me up the other day, like you know what you you, you know for the hood. Well, I do a lot for the neighbor. I ne- first, first of all, I never call it the hood anyway because I always say, uh, when you took neighbor out that word, that's what you got the hood and hoodlums and all that. And most most time the crimes is done in the hood. So I'm gonna see, keep calling it the neighborhood because that's when it's at the best when it's neighbors. That's right. And everybody looking out for everybody and all that. But, that's true. But like I had to tell him, bro, what are you doing? Well, I ain't got money. It ain't about money. I said, I was washing cars when I was a kid for ladies for free. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I was taking out old ladies trash for free. I was giving time. You can give time and whatever, but then they want to come at other people and ask what, what, what do you know? What do you do? You know? Yeah. You might not be able to match financially what I do or what somebody else does in the neighborhood, but what do you do? And a lot of them get caught up in that. A lot of like rappers and all that get, and even athletes, you don't never feel you obligated to your family and God, but from your heart, you should want to do, you should always want to do from something from where you came from the schools. I paid for so many scholarships and all that helped so many kids, but also the negative part about, I paid for a lot of funerals and stuff too, that I hate, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and we spoke on that, but, but I tell any, you, you're not obligated, but always want to help somebody. You, you can't block your blessing. That's right. You know, always want to give back, but never feel like obligated to give back. That should be something natural from the heart that you should do anyway. Exactly. If, if I'm making sense. Yeah, it's, it's natural you know? empathy. It's, it's like you can't be successful yeah. if you can't empathize with the others. 
Yes, yes. But you can't, like a lot of guys get caught up on making you feel like you have to. No, it should, you should, if you have that heart, you've had that heart your whole life. Based. Don't get me wrong. Some people might learn it later on, mm-hmm. but I've mm-hmm. always been, I feel like I've always been shielded because I've always had that heart, you know? Yeah. Okay. So you, 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 you explain, I love your philosophy in life. I love the fact that granny knows you better than anybody. And so she was able to tell you, give you some guidance on, on probably how you should do your career, how, how you are going yeah. to be your own entrepreneurial self. And so you mentioned yeah. you were a, 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 a DJ chef or a, a, a DJ that would have the, have the barbecue and the cookouts and everybody was recognizing your work and your skill set while you were out in there in LA and Compton. So yeah. what, what yeah. would you say was your biggest break? Where, what was the biggest break in your career? Uh, man, let me see. Uh, uh, it was so many, uh, you know, I would, I would probably say when I first opened up, well, the biggest break was really being terminated from the Department of Corrections okay. and really forcing myself to do what I had to do. Because I remember at first I was like depressed mm-hmm. for a minute, you know, and I remember I just hopped in my car and I just drove to Texas. You know, I talked to moms and them and I just drove to Texas just by myself. Like, and it, I just had to hear words of like, it's you know, I knew it wasn't wrong for termination. I knew it would be a long fight, whatever, whatever. But I just, I had to fight. Then I, you know, I don't know, I, I might have been 31, 32. And uh, but I went out there out here where it was quiet to, to like, like I said, to get my plan to get my mental strength back, you know, because that's a that's a knot, you know, you yeah. 20 some years old, make ninety thousand dollars a year and all that kind of stuff, and then yeah. bam. But I, I went, I regrouped, I, I thought a plan, and like I said, I'm I'm stronger when I'm down. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not gonna let this beat me, you know. I'm not I'm not gonna let this beat me, and that's that's the approach I took. I said, I'm going to go back. I'm going to start catering. I'm going to start DJing again. I'm going to start slinging tapes. I was making CDs and tapes, old school and all that. I did all that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, while raising a family and everything. And it was so crazy. My oldest is about to be a doctor. My daughter graduated from Alabama State and my youngest just graduated from uh, San Diego State. And I remember I would be upset, Chris, because I wouldn't get this. Because I'm home with them all week. Preparing dinner, lunch, you know, wife, we were still married then, wife at work, mm-hmm. early, I'm preparing dinner, lunch, but I was mad and upset because I couldn't see them on the weekends, right? Mm-hmm. But then when I thought about it, damn, I'm, I'm working on the weekends, I'm catering and I'm DJing, I'm booked all these weekends, I can't never be at the family. But then I'm with the the kids during the week, structuring them, mm-hmm. getting them where they needed to be, and it was so, as I got older, then I realized, yeah, you know, I had some weekends with them. But I still got to see them every day, home from off the school and home from school. You right. know, and all of them are. You got to be the greater home. influence during the week. Yes, yeah. And then the weekends, they had, and then they get older and they realize that, like that, you was every weekend you was gone. My daughter wrote the the coldest thing when when Blood Souls had took off. Uh, I don't remember it verbatim, but she just said, "My dad's not an overnight success." Because when I first opened Blood Souls in Compton, I was still DJing. Mm-hmm. So she said, I, "I heard my dad. It's Saturday morning. I hear my dad leaving at." Uh, Four in the morning, going to Bledsoe's. My dad's not an overnight success. Uh, 10, 11 o'clock, me and mom's and everybody going out to bed. We ride by Bledsoe's, lying down the street. My dad's not an overnight success. Me and mom then went to the mall, this and that, this. And we coming back. It's 7 o'clock at night. My dad is still there. Bledsoe's is still crowded. My dad's not an overnight success. 9 o'clock, I hear my dad coming in the house. He's taking him a shower. I hope he's going to bed. Wow, my dad has to go DJ a party tonight. 
you know, mm-hmm. four, three o'clock, I hear my dad getting back, unloading his DJ equipment, this and that, this and that. I hope he can take a nap. I hear him taking a shower. Maybe he's going to sleep. No, I hear the door close. My dad has to go up to blood cells and get ready to open on Sunday. And that's what I'm saying. They don't understand, like, the work has to be done. When yes. I first opened up the restaurant, it wasn't making no money. So I still had to make money. Right. You know, so right. I'm still deep. And Chris, after a long week, I'm still, but my, 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 my mental was so different. And like I said, you have to get into a certain mindset, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like I said, it's, it's no, it's not a secret recipe if you do the work. You're going to get, it's going to, you know, you're going to get blessed in the long run. Exactly. You will be rewarded for the hard work, but you just don't know. It's no time frame on it. Exactly. You know, but exactly. You gotta, you're just in the middle of it. You, you just do what you need to do yeah. to get it done. You you make, to yeah. accomplish the goal, you have to do what you need to do. 100. And then if you do it, it it's going, but you have to have that. If you get that mindset while you're young, if you listen when they say right. youth is on the young, if you get that mindset while you're young, it'll come so much easier, you know? Exactly. You just gotta, you just can't quit. You just gotta know, okay, I'm going to accomplish something and I cannot quit. It's going to, it may be some twists and some turns, but I am going to accomplish something. I, I am going to accomplish something. And you have to fight with it every single day. I tell people, they were like, you ever fight depression? I said, well, I don't know if it's a fight. Cause if I do, I'm whooping it. I'm whooping his butt. Every <laughs> yeah. Day. Yeah. You know what? But I say it's days that you do wake up on a funk, but I, I try to wake up every day and say, I'm going to win this day. Right. I mean, I've had lost, I lost of, of, of so many people in my life and you wake up and like people are like, oh, I know, you know, I, you know, I, I mean, when I we buried my sister, I still had to go to work that day, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I still got to do and I, I have to like keep it pushing. And that's what I, I tell people. I mean, I know a lot of people got, you know, uh, diagnosis and I, you know, you can't fight with that, but everybody fights a form of depression right. all the time. Right. Mental but wellness is a part of it. Yes. Yes. And it, as long as you're telling yourself, well, this is an unequal fight because I'm whooping this butt every single day, mm-hmm. then you're good. But once you let it, once you let, you know, I refuse to get up and be negative because life, life, uh, 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 life happens. Yes, the same it does. Day, yeah. The same day I won the James Beard Award, my daughter, I won it that night. And my daughter almost got killed in a car accident that next morning. Wow. In in, in LA. You know yeah. what I mean? Almost. That's, that's life. You know, yeah. You, yeah. That's life. You can't control that. Yeah. So that's going to automatically put you in a bad space. Mm-hmm. So why get up and put yourself in that bad space when you don't have to? Right. When you don't have you to. Know, when, like, you can, when you can control it. When you control it, somebody blow the horn at you, you get mad. Man, go on. You know what I'm saying? Right. Why wake up and be that when it's gone? When, you know, we're going to lose parents. We're going to lose family. It's things that's going to happen, tragic situations, which are already going to put you in a space. So why would you wake up and want to just be in that space? And you know, I mean, my, hell, my granny, was- you know, my granny used to say, she used to say, don't let them steal your joy. That's right. One hundred. Don't let them because that's what they want to do. Right. You know, and, you know, and, I would and, I would tell my kids because, you know, sometimes they would feel overwhelmed. And I would yeah. say, how do you eat an elephant? One hmm. bite at a time. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. Right. You can't. You can't eat it all at once. You just don't get overwhelmed. Just break it down yeah. individually. Do not get overwhelmed. And that also, like you said, that's that's some therapy a little bit. That that helps towards your yeah. mental wellness. Man, I tell them finals time. They go crazy. I said, I remember finals time. I remember. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, it was so long ago. It's over. And y'all gonna think about this time too. It's gonna be over with. Yeah. You know, this is that's life. I be telling them. I said, like my oldest, his last year of medical school. 30, 30, 
33. Mm-hmm. And I said, Eric, you're going to be 58 one day like me. What you mean? I'm just saying. So just think how much living you got from yeah. now until then and thinking this little one point right there. So I'm trying to say, yeah, this I test, had days like this exam. Too, but it's still, yeah. yeah. You know, it's still, you and a million people are taking exams today. And kids, they have to know that. Yep. You know, and you can't. And I, I never tell nobody how to raise their kids. Everybody, like I say, good kids come from good homes. Good kids, good kids come from bad homes. Mm-hmm. Bad kids come from bad homes. Bad kids come from good homes. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just once you get to a certain age, it's on you. But mm-hmm. as parents, I did like I tell them. I said, "What well, ain't about y'all?" I said, "I'm selfish." So I didn't want one when y'all got older. Y'all can blame me for nothing. <laughs> you know, right. Uh-uh. So but you did I'm your old. best. You did the best yeah. you could do. So, and that, and yeah. that's all you can do. And that, that's, that's all you can know inside your heart. You said, I did everything I could. And that's yeah. the way, you know, life gets. That's the way life is. We're talking with Kevin Blesso, Blesso's Barbecue. And, and, Kevin, you got quite the story. And it includes yeah. being on television. I'm not talking about the current Netflix series that you're on right yeah. now. I want to know how yeah. you first wound up on television. And what was uh, the really? show? Uh, so my first, <laughs> it was really a... Uh... So it was so crazy. Producer Jay Magista from Bar Rescue over, it's been over 10 years ago, the show uh, Bar Rescue, Don John Taffer. He was at down to eating at the Compton location in the back. And me and the guys, I'm on the pit and I'm clowning. And he was like, oh, man, I got to get this dude on the show. So <laughs> my niece, little mama, who's uh, uh, actually from Corsicana, but she was working with me in uh, Compton and kept saying, hey, this producer is calling you from this show. He wants you to do a video. And apply, you know, try to get on the show. I ain't doing no damn video, man. I ain't got no time for no TV. And I would, I kept saying I didn't want to do it. And it, this went on for a month. And this dude was trying his best <laughs> to recruit me for it. Um, and then finally, little mama had to change her little uh, plot to get me. She acted like, I need to talk to you. I need to talk. So I thought I was about to get mad because I thought she was about to tell me she's pregnant by somebody. So my house was right around the corner. So she says, can we go to your house and talk? So she took me around the corner and talk. She said, all right, now sit your ass down. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this video. And I'm talking all kind of smack on the video. She sent it to him. So next thing you know, I'm in uh, uh, Kansas City, no, Tennessee, doing a bar rescue uh, about a a month later, a few weeks later. And it was so funny. So my first bar rescue episode, which was crazy, was this bar called Boondocks uh, out in the middle. uh, And it was right by where the Titans play at, downtown Nashville. Incredible bar. That was my first thing. And it was so crazy. So the show never really aired. Because of the guy, which I'm good friends with him right now, uh, Chris, because he turned out to be a cool dude, even though he did something crazy. The night before the show aired, he killed the guy in his bar. Oh, my goodness. Got into a fight and killed. If you ever get, when you get off, see, look up uh, Bar Rescue Boondocks, and it's a, it's a, it's an episode, and he shot the guy. So the show wasn't supposed to air. So I got all done. This is my first time on TV. Mm. I got all these people over at the house that night, and they don't air the show mm. because of, because of that. And uh, but they accidentally aired the replay that night because they always aired regular time live. Right, and right. Then the sort of accidentally aired the uh, replay that night, but uh, that was my first show. And and, and in fact, I'm working with a, my one of my producers, GT, on, on my own show right now. Uh, we're working on some things. He was my first one, and all he said, he said, "We got you here because the reason we got you here was you being yourself." when he's seen you. So mm-hmm. that's all I need you to do. And that's all I ever do when I'm on TV is just try to be myself. You so know? you've also been on diners, drive-ins and dives, the bong cookbook. And I remember you yeah. called me one time you were, you texted me, you were in Canada on a movie set. Yeah. Talk about, yeah. all, I mean, you've, you've people yeah. know and recognize we, your work. 
Yeah, we done uh uh well I've done a couple of one movie with a big time producer that I can't really give the title of them because you know you can do a movie and it can take years. Yes, yes. Uh, that, I'm sure you know, and that's the crazy part about it. And all this guy say he took me into his thing one time, and I'm gonna say in Atlanta, and I'm leaving it at that. Right. And he said, You see all these movies? This is like eight years worth of movies. Movies are aren't released the way people think they release. I was like, Well, damn, you know. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of things going on, man. You know, of course, mm-hmm. TV opens up a lot of doors, and uh, especially for us right now, because it's especially on food TV, because it's not enough of us on food TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I just try to go in, and I just try to you know just be myself, man, and just just have some fun. We just got a the third season of the next uh, uh, showdown is going to come out next year, so that's huge to have three years of a reality show on Netflix because sometimes that's almost unheard of, right? And, uh, still do bar rescues always like i said you always got to go back home so bar rescue was my first shot so i always be there for john taffer and all them man and then just working on a lot of other things man a lot of and and brand ambassadorships and all that so just doing a lot right now man and just blessing and 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 getting ready for football season hoping these cab when i say stress the cowboys want to stress me out the most so, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's get into the dallas cowboys by the way that netflix show you're talking about for those who don't know it's the american barbecue showdown and you're one of the judges on there reoccurring judge but let's get to the yeah. cowboys you you got to feed the cowboys out in Oxnard next week while you're doing yeah. this how did you even hook up with jerry jones and the cowboys in the first place i know you're uh, a huge cowboys fan uh, yeah, somebody came into the restaurant years ago. I don't know if it was Brian or somebody. Yeah, somebody Brian Wansley. Re- yeah, yeah. And he came in, and then he reached out and was like, hey, I need to, you know, can I talk to Kevin Bledsoe and this and that? And I talked to him. And it's just been a relationship made in heaven since then, man. I'm, I think this is our sixth year. And, uh, hey, we go out there and we, we, you know, I usually go the day before. I'm right on there. We we cook right on site, and they love it, man. And, in fact, I do the uh, – it's a cowboy club that I'm a member of, uh, star status out of LA, one of the biggest cowboy clubs. So we get to bring a lot of them out and okay. let them work the, uh, they work the serving line. And I tell them, okay, you can't be fanboy and a fan girl and, and all that. <laughs> but we, we have a good time out there, man. We, we uh, usually feed them about six that evening and it's, it's a big day that, and the Cowboys look forward to us, uh, being there. And, uh, I, I, that's just one of the highlights of my year, man, is to go out there. I missed one year. Cause I was out filming somewhere and I said, I'd never miss again, but I, I look forward to every year going hanging out with them, man. And seeing what they got to say and seeing the guys close up and all that kind of stuff. And Dak and everybody and everybody's real cool. They remember your name and all that. So it's, it's just an incredible experience. Then to be able to share it with the club and my nephew or my sons and them come, they're huge cowboy fans and all that. Sometimes they get to come and, and just hang out and have that close of contact you know, with the Cowboys is just incredible. You know, it's it's just a dream come true. I've been a a, a hardcore Cowboy fan since I was nine years old. So, I can imagine. You know, so I've been through the good and, and the bad. So, but <laughs> like I say, they, they just like a birthmark and get mad at it. But Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. They're going to be with you for life, so, you know. I like that. I like that. Okay, so in, in in all your different restaurants, you actually opened up one in Australia. How did yeah, that Melbourne. happen? And 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 because that's like, first of all, I've been down to Australia. I was down there for the, the Summer Olympics in two thousand, and I know yeah. they just happen to love meat pie too much. Meat pie is not one of my favorites. But I, yeah. I man, if I had known you had a Bledsoe's, if there was a Bledsoe's barbecue down there when I was down there, that's where I would have been every day. So how did you yeah. wind up with a Bledsoe's barbecue down there in, in, in Melbourne, Australia? So it's so incredible. So. Uh, the guy wanted so the, the the restaurant is actually at the uh, the Crown Casino in Melbourne. Oh, okay, and uh, yeah, so they did a bar- barbecue tour. So one of the presidents had already been to Blood Souls, and was like, "Wow, this is incredible!" So one of the main shot guys was like, "Okay, I'm gonna send you guys back. I need you guys, and we're gonna go. We're gonna go on a barbecue tour, and you guys pick the one you want." So they went to Kansas City, they went to Texas, they went to everything. So Peter purposely didn't bring them to L.A until the last one. So then they came to my restaurant and ate. And he was like, oh my God, this is the best one we had, this and that, this and that. They're the ones we want to do business with. And uh, that's exactly how we did it. So we had to go over there and train them and, and all that kind of stuff. They came out here and trained and, and all that. And it's, uh, it's it's been a partnership ever since then, you know. That, that's absolutely amazing. Again, you've got the, I call it the barbecue empire in Southern California with the Texas barbecue, which you learned how to cook here in Corsicana. My question is, is, is there any chance you would ever have a blood sauce barbecue in Texas or can people FedEx and get the barbecue like they do in some of these other, other joints? Oh yeah. You can, you can always get gold belly off. Uh, you can always go to gold bellies to get blood. So, but I remember I was telling you too, I actually have some real good friends of mine who live out here where I live at, who have opened, have the restaurant, the Harbor. And they also build a little small, little shack uh, for me to do barbecues and do pop-up. I have two of, two of my uh, oh, there commercial you go. smokers out here. They're right here in Corsicana. So we do a lot. In fact, we're having a huge event of the last weekend of of the summer out here. It's called the Grill and Chill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rashid Phillips will be here from the show. A lot of Netflix people is going to be here. It's going to be right here in Corsicana, the weekend of the uh, 20 to 20, Friday and Saturday, I think the 23rd, 24th. I'll send you the information so you can share with your uh, sure. with your people. But a huge event. And uh, like I say, the Harvards, Kaylin and John Harvard, they have a beautiful spot down here. Their family with me. And uh, so when I get bored or whatever, I can still get, get my fix. I got access That's right. to a restaurant. We just did a, uh, they have a big poker run down here that we just, I've just happened to be in town. And we just kicked over a thousand pounds of meat for them uh, last weekend. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll let you know anytime because uh, I've been trying to get you down there to it so you can check it out because it's beautiful. I love for y'all to come do a show down here so y'all can check it out. Like you a, never a know. Like football party or something. Cause yeah, it's, it's a huge venue and it's on the lake and it's beautiful. But uh, you know, helping them get that going. But like I said, a lot of times when I'm here, this is home, mm-hmm. and. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I've been approached by a lot, Arlington and a few other places to open up. But once you open up a day-to-day restaurant, that puts you right back into the fight. Right. You know. Right. You got to be around. You know, read Yelp. Yeah. So when I'm out, out here and I read a Yelp review, review for L.A. or Australia, 
there's nothing I can do but call. If I'm down here, I'm getting in my car and going. So, right, you know. Right. But uh, but we do. When you see the venue, you see exactly what I'm talking about. But it's a beautiful venue, and uh, I, I like I said, I would love for you guys to have a one year, a day out the yard, whenever. But y'all come and broadcast from it because you know. And I just want to make sure some of your guys that want to fight a fan because I forgot one of them said last year. It wasn't no good barbecue or whatever. So yeah, I, he did. He I never. He's never been over that. I'm gonna tell them again. They'll be there on on, on Wednesday, August second, and they will definitely have a chance to taste some Bledsoe's barbecue. Give them for sure. my number. Yeah, give them my number. Most I definitely. Want him to go and track that because I, I love when you put out your top barbecue place, Chris. You showed me some love. I appreciate that. Yeah, on the barbecue but, list. Oh yeah. See, there's something to be said about barbecue. Texas barbecue's got bragging rights a lot. I always mention a lot of locations around the country. Some of them don't know how to cook barbecue. They don't know how to smoke barbecue. And different regions got different things they love about their barbecue. Like, you know, Memphis loves some ribs. Texas loves some brisket. Can you talk about where, where, I'm not going to, I mean, we know what you do, Texas barbecue. But can you talk about how some parts of the country, they're just not ready for it. And there's some parts of the country that that know what they're doing. I feel like it's it's better now than it was years ago because of food TV and, Mm -hmm. and, and yeah social media social media has opened up the doors for everybody to try everybody's stuff now it's not like when i was coming up you didn't have it. it's like whatever but the most when it comes to barbecue it's most about your region and your woods you know texas is oak uh memphis and tennessee is mostly uh hickory yeah. and all that and sauce texas is sauce on the side you know mm-hmm. but uh you know a lot of texas barbecue had the same a lot of, like i say a lot of these legendary Texas barbecue places as time went on wasn't as good as people thought they were. And you got a lot of newer places when you, when that Texas monthly top 50 come out. Oh yeah. You got a lot of newer places in there doing that's right. Real Texas type of barbecue, but got good sauce and all that, you mm-hmm. know? So you know it's, it's, it's evolved too, because a lot of, I'm not knocking nowhere, but a lot of places that they say were legendary <laughs> to me was bland as hell. Like mm-hmm. man, it's kind of, bland. you know, I don't want to say nothing, you know, I don't, I never go in nobody's restaurant and say nothing because I hate when people, unless that's what you do. Right. You're a uh, food critic, but I, I hate somebody with a big following that goes in somebody's restaurant and dogs them out. That's not my game. Like, I go mm-hmm. somewhere and I say, you know, they're like, it was good. I'll be like, yeah, it was good. Try it. I tell people all that. Try it for yourself. Exactly. You know, Try you it for yourself. But, but you know yeah. you, you know what really tastes better. You just kind of, I know what you do. I know exactly what you're doing. You kind of, yeah. oh, you let them have their lawyer. And you say, but you know what? I know a better place. <laughs> yeah, you don't necessarily. I, say I never stuff. even say it's so crazy. We was filming, and I don't even say so. We was filming with this dude. He was mm-hmm. kind of like a hater, like that. So, uh, in fact, I'm doing a show that comes out on the 12th with A and E that you're gonna love, and Anthony Anderson and Cedric Entertainer. All right, uh, Kings of Barbecue, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a real good series on A and E, and it starts uh, uh, August 12th. So keep an eye on that. It's an incredible show. I'm on, uh, I think, like four episodes. I will be definitely so checking that. Out. Yeah. But when you have that mentality. So people doing their thing. Oh, you want to try some real, but they like cut. You can't say that. Okay. Well, if you want to try some better cut, you can't say that. Like this, <laughs> nobody like, you know what I mean? And, right. and like I tell me, it's not my job. I'm not a food critic. I'm not going to come in. And it's certain people that do have the power to go and put a quote to make him break your business. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just not cool to me, you know? So I'm always give you the, the benefit of, of the doubt. You know, unless I just come in there and it's horrible, then I. But usually when I go, I just say I'm here. I put a shout out, this and that, this and that, and I and I, uh, I keep it just like I was just at this incredible spot in uh, 
Jamaican spot in Dallas. I forgot the name of it. Mm-hmm. Damn, I sent it to you too. But incredible oxtails mm-hmm. and a curry goat and all that. And I meant to go back and post on that. But then when the guy seen I was there later on, he hit me up. I wish you would have said that. I was like, no, nah, man, I, the food was excellent, man. You know, and I meant to go back and post because he didn't think I liked the food. And I did, but mm-hmm. I just got so caught up. Right. I, I got to go post and say, uh, but it, and then it was like, take a picture. And I was like, man, I got into the damn oxtails. It was so good. By the time I was done, my fingers was too dirty to take a picture. I want to so, uh, you know. I hear you. I hear you. And before I let you get out of here, when you're not eating barbecue, because I know you love barbecue because that's what you do, what yeah. type of food do you like to eat that's not barbecue? You want to just relax and have something else? So I still like soul food. I yeah. still like, of course, food. I, it was so funny. So I had... Uh, cooked the other day because i still enjoy cooking it and and so on my stove i cooked some uh some shrimp and chicken five four whatever you want to call it but on the same stove i had a pot of red beans going with ham hocks and sausage then i'm warming up for a friend some short ribs and greens and yams that i cooked the day before so you figured out everything was on the stove uh yesterday for lunch you know (laughs) yeah i hear you well hey man it was been a pleasure we're talking with kevin blesso he is the owner, founder, and creator of Bledsoe's Barbecue. They're feeding the Cowboys later this week. And, of course, you can see him on Netflix, the TV show, the American Barbecue Showdown. And, again, major props to you. we got to have you on the show again real, real soon. That was Kevin Bledsoe. And joining us right now is Bernadette Nuttall. She's a volunteer with the DFW Cares and the National Cares Mentoring Movement. How are you doing, Bernadette? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And again, I want to thank you for joining us because you guys have done a great job opening opportunities for youth to succeed through impactful and innovation investment opportunities. In other words, you're showing kids how to take care of their money. Am I wrong about this? Is that just one part of yes. it? Yes. That's just one part of it. That's mm-hmm. just one part of it. Let's but talk that's about a, the that's things. a real important part. Yeah. Let's talk about what you guys do because I think it's so rewarding. Um, DFW Cares is a national mentoring movement started by Susan Saylor Mm -hmm. and they're based out of the New York area. And so her belief um, with DFW Cares is that we in our community have to heal our community. Um, Our our kids come with um, a lot of baggage that come with trauma. And so the goal is to match students up and children up with mentors to shepherd them through life. And how are you able to find the mentors that match them? I know there's some people who would love to be a mentor, and then some people, you know, they have no idea about trying to be a mentor. How are you able to find the mentors that match up with the kids? One of the good things about the national movement is um, they all cares, cares nationally already have a lot of connections and partnerships with major, with the sororities, the fraternities, Mm -hmm. church groups. So what they do in various cities is they connect that local um, sorority, fraternity, to and various church groups and just various people, period, to um, some of the schools that they work within. So when we do our, um, every year we have our annual Suited Up for Success project and we, uh, the alphas come out and um, they bring out about 40 alphas that work one-on-one with these young men um, to just help them through the Suit Them Up for Success and help them through all the things that they're dealing with. This is what's so interesting about the Suits for Success. I was fortunate enough to come out to Lincoln High School where I, I got to see you and some of the different people who were a part of this. You guys have come up with this program 
where they they are able to give students some suits to wear to feel successful, to understand what it's like to be in the business world. And also, some of them have the opportunity to dress up for proms and actually have a chance to go to a prom where normally they wouldn't have a chance to. Can you talk about that 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 whole program in, in detail? Because a lot of people are really impressed because the little things that give the kids the right mindset that guess what? You too have an opportunity to succeed. Yes. What we do is um, we work with the various people at the school. We have Lincoln Madison. And this year we are adding Carter High School oh, to good. the list. Um, and so our goal is in their junior year, they have the crossover ceremony in all of our schools. Their senior year is one of the big things for success. And some, something that Deion Sanders always say, when you, when you look good, you feel good and you act good. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what we, our goal is those, those boys are selected through the DFW cares mentoring that are being mentored, um, by DFW cares. We take them to, um, to K and G in Duncanville and they get to go and they go shopping for their first suit. They get a suit, a tie, the cufflinks, the belt. Um, they even get the underwear. They get a full suited up for success. And um, the, the men teach them how to tie a tie. The men, while they're shopping, is talking to them about little life nuggets. Sure. Um, just, just things that they need to know to be a um, African-American or Latino male in America. Exactly. And again, and then, it's the little things that people don't even think about. Yeah, it's the, it's the little things. And you can see, if you see the young men when they're in there shopping, when you see them when they put their suits on for maybe their junior crossover or when prom come, they just, it's just a different swag that you have when you're in a suit and you dress nice and you feel good. And it's the suit you wanted. It's the suit that you put together with your tie and your bow tie and with your uh, handkerchief, with your cufflinks. It's the suit that you picked, that you wanted. And they just, they feel good. And when, you know, they, they get them tailored, of course, we have to get them tailored. So they bring in the tailor to t- have them all tailored. And you should see them, it's not all my suit here yet. It's not all my suit here. It's just a, a beam. It's just, it's, it's an exciting time for me just to see our kings um, feel good. Exactly. It's like they they feel like they belong. They can fit into any particular place, especially if it had to be in the corporate world or like you said, opening up a checking account. Can you talk about that aspect as well? Yes. Comerica is one of the funders. We have Comerica. We have Toyota, um, State Fair of Texas. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course, DFW cares, but Comerica comes out and gives them um, financial literacy classes nice. and talk about checking, banking, savings, stocks. Also, um, the day of they have a project that when they go back to school, um, they work out how much everything costs just to see the bottom line that, that you know, this is what it costs. And they go through a whole understanding their budget and how to live by a budget and what a budget is. And then they're given the option if they want to open up a, a student a savings account, a checking account. We also do a project. Think about if you saved $5 a week times uh, 52 weeks times five years, and where will you be? It just started with $5 at your age at 17 and 18. Mm-hmm. And their eyes are like, Wow just saving $5 a week. Yeah. So those who work, we just say save $5 a week, which is $20 a month times 12 months. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. $20 a month times 12 equals where you can be when you get our age with just that savings account alone. Because people tend to think you got to have money to save. No. No. Start. And what, what I like about the, the Comerica, they say start where you are. Right. Start so exactly in high where school, you are. Mm-hmm. How many you work? We talk about how many work. They tell work out of your check, just take $5 a week. And the next thing so, you know, you have saved some money and you're able to do that and make your money work for you. And the biggest thing we talk about is credit. Mm-hmm. Talk about uh, pulling your credit report, looking at your credit report, um, and, and knowing. And they didn't realize what a, a lot of them is. They didn't realize that your credit prevents you from having a good quality of life. Exactly. It's about your can't credit score. Can't get a score. good apartment. Right. Can't you've, get a car. You've got to have a, a high credit score. Want. Yeah. So we talked about that. We talked about establishing credit. Mm-hmm. So we, they, the Comerica comes out and give them a real good lesson on a whole lot of stuff around you know, money. I love this about the, the credit score, especially because there's a lot of kids, high school age, middle school. They have no idea that for you to have a line of credit, you have to have good credit. First, they're going to start you off with no credit, but you'll, you'll be able to show that you can be trustworthy that you're going to pay your credits, you're going to pay your bills on time. And once there's a history of you paying your bills on time, you will have a higher and higher credit score, and you're able to do more and more things. And as you mentioned, have a better quality of life, all based on the fact that you have proven that you can pay your bills on time. Yes. I mean, that it's, right there. It's, it's something to be said for when oh, the, the kids Dallas pick Mavericks. that up. I'm sorry, kid. Oh, that's fine, yeah. It was the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're the part of this as well. But yeah, this is this is all about DFW Cares, the National Cares Mentoring Movement, showing kids how they can empower themselves, how they can be impactful and innovative with investments and other things. Can you tell us about the Rising program? I mean, I know we talked touched on it a little bit, but can you talk about the Rising promo- program of what you know about it? The Rising program is for those. Um, I mainly work with the main program, the mentoring, mm-hmm. uh, mentoring cares. Um, Nakisha, who is the ED over it, she does the most work with the rising program. Okay. And, the and rising, that's the financial part of the program. Yeah. See what it, what it is for those who don't know, the rising program is like you says about financial literacy and it helps the kids from high poverty families to succeed in school and in life. And it, it, it creates those avenues for mentorship showing these kids the different outlooks of life and pathways they can take. I mean, this is, this is really, really significant things, especially for kids who don't know that they have an opportunity. You're creating the opportunity by saying, invest in yourselves. If you're ready for the opportunity, things can happen for you. Am I wrong? You're right. You're you're right on it right there. You said it very, very well. Well, And I don't think we um, as educators and, um, people really understand that if we're going to break the cycle of poverty for our kids, mm-hmm. we have to, we have to teach the financial part about it. They may not be at a place right now to do it, but at least because knowledge is power. So teaching it at 16 and 17 and they, they, they get a better understanding. So when they get to a place, although we tell them you at the place of saving, you know, and we talk about the wants and the needs. Mm-hmm. We talk about getting your wants and your needs. And um, even what I like about it is we include the history of um, our, our, our culture talking about that. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I enjoyed and Comerica, Mara and Comerica and Ryan Anderson do a really, they're very, very vested in, in, in our communities. They're vested with their time and their treasure. And that's what I like about it. And even with Dallas Mavericks, they're not just not giving the money. They come out and bring resources of people as well as um, just other opportunities for them. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about history. And, and, and working with kids, let's talk about you, Bernadette Nuttall. You've been doing this for years and years and years. You're an educator, you're a volunteer. Let's talk about your background helping change your community. Where, where did you start giving back? It's, it's one thing about being uh, empathetic. It's another thing actually walking the walk. Can you talk about your story uh, a little bit? My parents believed in when you're blessed, it's imperative that you bless others. Mm-hmm. And so God has really, really blessed me. And so I moved to Dallas in 1995. And one of the things my professor said, if you want to get engaged in the community, start volunteering. So I started with the Dallas Urban League um, under Beverly uh, Mitchell Brooks. Mm-hmm. And I was um, the Young Adult Council back in the day. And I was the community service chairperson. I volunteered at H.S. Thompson under Robert E. Ward. Um, that trained me. Um, I volunteered at Exline Rec Center. I volunteered for the Harambee at the Martin Luther King Center. So I just came to Dallas and got immersed into the culture, the spirit, and of giving back and helping. And so then I decided um, I worked for the district, um, started in 1996 for the district at Chappie James. Mm -hmm. After I did that, um, I I did that. Then I decided to run for the board. So I ran for DISD board and I served on the board for nine years. And what people don't know, Chris, that that is a non-paying position. That's right. People tend to think that we get paid on school boards in Texas. Mm-mm. Do not get paid. No, so you're doing it from your So that was a volunteer heart. position. Yeah. So I did that for nine years. But in the process in 1999, Asara and I started a nonprofit called Circle of Support, where we prevent summer learning loss and close the academic achievement gap for uh, students living in Southern Dallas. Very nice. And we did that for 20 years um, where we provided summer enrichment eight weeks every summer um, with uh, Fridays on field trips, but high level teachers uh, closing the gaps and teaching one hour math, reading and science, a hot lunch and enrichment in the afternoon. And we collaborated with everyone. I did that work with uh, Diane uh, Robinson. So we did that for 20 years. Hold on, you're not doing um, that anymore? We, we stopped in 2020. We said oh, the we pandemic. started in 99, right. we had a pandemic hit and we stopped. And so now I'm just volunteering for other nonprofits. Two of my favorites that I give back to is DFW Cares mm-hmm. and Viola House. Those are two that are dear to my heart that I recruit volunteers for um, and give my resources and time to. You mentioned the second one. Say that again. Viola House. Viola House. Can you talk about that? Just it's a, a house bit? in South Dallas that provide um, a home for homeless teen pregnant moms. Mm-hmm. And, 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 so, and talk about some of the services they provide. They do that where they have the home over um, behind Cornerstone Baptist Church where they provide a safe haven for teen moms that are homeless. Mm-hmm. Their second thing is community outreach to have the first um, boutique, children's boutique in Southern Dallas. Okay. Um, and then as well as they provide classes for, for parenting, as well as we do community events where we provide um, 
uh, zip codes that have the highest number of parents with kids three and under. We provide diapers and things that they need because as you know, social um, uh, food stamps and things like that don't pay for diapers. Right. And they are very, very expensive. So we provide you can come there and get diapers, formula, uh, children's clothes, things that you need to help support your young um, child three and under. This is all fantastic work. Was there a time when you thought you were overwhelmed and you might not be able to go do all the things that you do? And, and what has been the driving force inside your heart to continue? You know, I, that's, that, that was instilled for my mom and my dad that, um, like I said, when much is given, much is required. And then when I tell you God has been good to me, um, it's just, um, you have to give, Mm -hmm. you have to help where you can help and give where you can give and do what you can do to make the world a better place. And you know, you you mentioned um, you've been doing this so many years. I mean, everybody's, everybody knows you because you're always there. (laughs) So my, my uh, question is is probably a tricky one because I'm sure there's been different moments all along the timeline. But what do you say is one of the most biggest and, and impactful things that you've ever been a part of that you really like, wow, we were able to get this done uh, amongst all of the things that you've done because you, you got a legacy here. My biggest and most impactful thing that I've done um all of it's been impactful to me. Right. Um, but my, I guess my biggest joy was serving on the board and being able to use your influence to get things done for your schools. Mm-hmm. And that is like the Fraser House when I was on the board and we had to make that tough decision of closing some schools and repurposed the Fraser House, Fraser Elementary, into a social service center. Um, after eight to educate. Um, the homeless within the district, we did Fantasy Harris, is now a homeless shelter for teens. Mm-hmm. And um, maneuvering through that with the people and being able to um, negotiate and work with nonprofits um, as well as DISD and had a 9-0 vote to inst- have the Fraser House and have a 9-0 vote for oh, Fantasy amazing. Harris. After, after 9-0, that is impressive. Everybody so was on. Have, Everybody was in. They yeah. they all voted yes. In, in. So seeing seeing where people kids are being helped, like like it's up to us to us our generation to we. Everybody says about the future, about the future, but um, it's up to us to to give to to create a better future, um, and help our second generation that's behind us. Mm-hmm. You ever but have, all of it is impactful. Anytime I see someone smile, a kid yeah. smile, and a kid say, you know what, um, I needed this, all of it is helpful. All of it is impactful. How hard is it after all these things that you've done to have someone that you've, you're trying to get to be a volunteer, a partner, how hard is it for them to tell you no? Because you are really good at what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really take no. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I mean, you, you have know, a one way. thing, like I tell people, I will fight for my my children. You know, I did an internship, worked with Fair Park First and OVG 360 at Fair Park and got to supervise 20, 20 young people uh, from Southern Dallas. And I don't, I, 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 my fight is for them. Right. And my fight is for the underdog. You know, when you, when you, when you, you got to start 
you, the finish line is here, but you got to start five steps behind the finish line. My goal is to help you get to the get to the finish line and pass the finish line. So, you know, my fight is for the for the for the underdog. God say, how have you taken care of the least of them? What have you done for the least of them? So. Well, you've done an amazing job with all the different projects you're involved with. But back to DFW Cares and the National Cares Mentoring Movement. And of course, the the signature uh, suit up program, the suit up for success. Can you can you give uh, people an idea where they can find out more information if they want to volunteer or partner with? Find out, you know, go to DFW Cares or go to Cares National Mentoring uh, Movement, and there should be a link on there that they can link to um, to get in touch with Nikisha. Um, Nikisha, who is the executive director, mm-hmm. or I can give my personal email and they can email me and I'll get them in touch. And that is B as in boy, W, um, as in water, nutall, N-U-T-A-L-L at yahoo.com. And I'll get it to the necessary people. I know the New York team is coming down here next week to start planning up. So um, email me and I can get them in touch with who they need to speak with if they want to come in and, and provide hope for our next generation. And finally, before I let you get out of here, school's about to start up again. Where will you be over the next few weeks? And do you ever take time I, off? Uh, yeah, I'll be, no, I, I was thinking about that because the program ended on yesterday. I will be over at DAP working for Miss Weaver this summer. I mean, this school year, but I'll, I'll be doing this, my volunteer work as usual, all over. Bernadette, what, not all you are an exception, and we cannot thank you enough for being on the show. I appreciate you. No, but we're, we're in this work together, Chris, so it's not about we're in this work together. Because of all of us together, working together, we're able to make great impacts. Thank you so much, Bernadette Nuttall. Bernadette Nuttall, she is a volunteer extraordinaire with DFW Cares, the National Care Mentoring Program, the, Mo- the movement. It's stories like hers that make this show what it is. Better living. And don't forget Kevin Bledsoe. Kevin Bledsoe, who spent all of his summers in Corsicana, Texas, growing up in Compton, California, bringing Texas barbecue out there, giving scholarships out. Now he's a television star on the Netflix, and he's opening up restaurants everywhere, and he's living a dream by serving his barbecue, his life's blood, to the Dallas Cowboys. These are amazing stories. And again, we cannot thank you all enough for joining us. Better Living, a show about people and organizations having a big impact here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. So long, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.